I already started recording, John. Uh, uh, welcome to uh, uh, what? What are, we, are you posting this, Eric? Uh, I was gonna. Cool. Um, then it's well. I, then let's call it a take it or break it. Locked on Blazers crossover. It's a crossover, yeah. baby. Yeah. yeah. All right. Crossover content. Yeah. Every everyone loves it. We got the take it or break it fans. We got we got locked on Blazers. The, lo- the lobsters. The lobsters on the other side. Uh, take it or break it fans are of course known as a. Uh, uh, communists, we call them. They're uh, they're filthy and they're dirty and they're smelly and their and their political opinions are very dangerous. Uh, depra- depraved shit fiends. Yeah, <laughs> I'm starting. Can I swear? Can I swear on Lockdown Blazers? Yeah, this counts as Lockdown yeah, no, Blazers no, after dark. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We we do after dark editions. Yeah, so whenever I'm on. Dark. Yeah, right, so cool, Eric cool. has me on Lockdown Blazers pretty much every week. John, I don't. You may or may not know this, but um. I do not. But I'm uh, I'm like gross. I'm like a gross monster, and so right. when, and so when I'm on, uh, uh, Eric has to make it a a uh, locked on Blazers uh, after dark edition. Right, the trap in the closet version, <laughs> if, if you will, and I will. Uh, Boy, R. Kelly, not funny anymore. No, guys, well, that's the last joke I get to make about yep, that. Yep, because he is a very bad person, R. Kelly. We should uh, retire even the mention of him. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're going to talk first about the Nuggets-Blazers game. Uh, and then we're going to talk... say I'm, I'm very pleased with the, that game. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> cool. Glad. Glad. Glad we're having you on Locked On Blazers, John. Yeah. Uh, j- j- for people who... For the Locked On Blazers listener, this is John Wilms. Say hello, John. Hey. He's on my show every week, more or less, and... Um, uh, and he is—he's uh, from Chicago. I, I, he may or may not call himself a Chicago Bulls fan. He's a bit—he's a bit of a—he's a bit of a high-minded about it, as I recall. It's complicated. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he's like a bull—he's like a Bulls separatist. I'm a bit like of a he, Bulls separatist. Yeah, I'm a Bulls, fac- Bulls factionalist. I actually think yeah, that's a really go. good description for John's relationship to the Bulls. Is that—is that like if? If the Bulls are Christianity, and and Michael Jordan is Christ, John's a bit of a John's a bit of a Martin Luther figure. I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. He wants to reform. I, I'm having yeah. like an, a, a, some renewed renewed enthusiasm and renewed faith uh, in the last few months, though. <laughs> Why aren't they? They're bad, right? Um. Yes and no. Oh, okay. I mean, like they they uh, they were good when they were trying, and then the front office wanted a, a draft pick this year, mm-hmm. so they made them stop trying, and they started putting campaign in the starting lineup and acting like Robin Lopez is injured and acting like all the best players. Campaign you know, it should think. be campaign it should be noted is a truly heinous NBA player. Dude, I 
like the game that we just watched, this Nuggets Blazers game, there were a lot of campaign like performances going on out there. <laughs> okay. Like I, th- I feel like there were a lot of players in this game. It was like a playoff game. Every, yeah, yeah, yeah. every game in the Western Conference for the last week or so has been a playoff game um, for most of the Western Conference. And I felt like a lot of the players in this game just straight up had the yips. Eric, how are you feeling about this game? Oh, oh, oh my God. All of, like, even even Dame kind of missed a bunch. I mean, yeah. he, missed some free, missed, he missed a bunch of free throws there. Uh, that never I feel, happens. No, I feel like the only guy on the Blazers that didn't really have the yips was Nurk. Yeah, Nurk tonight. And, Nurk and Jokic were the basically only good players in this game. Yeah, and yeah. they were really it, good it because truly, they truly lo- like they hate each other. Like they clearly don't care for each other. It was truly like a '90s throwback game. Yeah, I'll, where it's like a bunch oh, of shitty perimeter players and just really great big man play. By, by yeah, all rights, Evan kinda, Turner probably should have scored thirty points tonight. I kind of fucking love that's true. The throwbackness of it that you just described, I thought it was outstanding. Um, but um, uh, Aminu was pretty good too, I thought, and Will Barton wasn't so bad. I mean, Aminu was one of eight from three, but yeah, yeah, but he was he was tough. He was getting in there. No, he was good defense. He yeah, shined yeah, in yeah, the yeah. defense. Like, I mean, he was only yeah. I mean, he shot. He shot. He played great defense. And no, you're right. I mean, uh, the best thing about this game was Jokic and Nurkic, and the other best thing about the game was the defense because I think both teams really gave a shit. Yeah. And that and that was good to watch. Nur- and Nurk is a real like I I is a real like I am significantly better when I give a shit kind of dude. <clears throat> Extremely, yeah. yeah. And we haven't really seen him in the playoff. We haven't. I guess he played like two games last year or something. But yeah, he did, did he then. get injured in the playoffs last year? I don't, re- Eric. I don't recall. Nurk, yeah, uh, yeah. He got injured before the playoffs. Yeah, like he had he had the game against Denver. And then I think he had one more game, and then he was hurt after ah. that. And then he came back and played one game on like a on a broken leg, or like it was like a fracture, yeah. you know. But whatever. Anyway, I'm rambling. Yeah, no, Nurkic is like a might be. I don't know if top five, but at least top ten motivation variable player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's I mean, LeBron. LeBron has to be at the top of the list, right? Uh, sort of. I mean, like I think that he's a unique case just because he's asked to do so much every night so that like he's gonna he's gonna chill out a little bit just because he would die i think lebron sort of vacillates between i fussy like fussy perfectionist guy and like balls out maniac guy you know what i mean like i think at a normal game when he does or doesn't give a shit if they win or not i think it's more like I'm I am LeBron and I am doing my craft and I think that when it's like it's I'm here to I'm here to make uh I'm here to make some blood baby I think it's a little more I I am LeBron and I am here to destroy people I think I think if Paul Millsap has to go up against Nurkic again though he should probably just he should just retire before that has to happen That that can we talk about that Millsap flop for half a second You mean his just entire performance Yeah disgusting disgusting just like a, a dried out fish flopping around Michael, on the yeah michael jordan michael jordan you know what i'm talking about right eric when when uh nerd got into him and he just went and sprayed oh out God. of the court oh, oh yeah no yeah he just completely fell over and portland was down by like three at that point yeah. it was like a one possession game they go to nurk in the post and he just completely flails and Millsap. uh 
I, I I do have to respect Millsap for this. He got a ninety million dollar contract and then has just not been anywhere near as good yeah. and doesn't really try God on bless, defense. God bless him. Whatever. I I, I love uh, I love it when a I love it when a player steals money from a rich guy. Uh, but um, yeah, just a just a real real out of control flop uh, from uh, Paul Millsap tonight. Uh, and like the refs being like, I don't know, he's older, so. We'll give it to him. Uh, who cares? You're being, you guys, you're being fucking so super partial to the Blazers right now. Oh yeah, of course. Oh okay, yeah. okay. Sorry, I didn't know we had the world's biggest Denver Nuggets fan on. Please, John, well, do. John, really tell do. me about why the Denver Nuggets should have won that game. Well, I mean, they did win the game. I don't have to make. I don't have to. Oh, you don't need to even make the argument. Of, you don't need to. Oh no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't need to do this hand wringing where you like complain about the officiating because they actually won. So. Okay. All right. He has a point. Yeah, I, I suppose that is the case. They uh, did win the game. What What would Michael Jordan have done in that game? You think, John? Look, this was this was his element. He would thrive. Yeah. yeah. Like when he, people are just sort of like moving in the mud. That's when he just just like finds mismatches and and just like you know ruins someone's life. Depending on what team he's on, I just I uh, like like he's I he's either going to roast and embarrass Nurkic, right? Or what's he going to do to somebody else? Who's gonna Who's gonna get it on the Nuggets? You think if Michael Jordan's playing dunk, that game, he would just dunk on Millsap. He would ruin his. He would end his career. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that would have been wonderful to watch. But he would have done it four times in a row. Michael Jordan uh, was really wasted in an NBA that didn't have European players in it. It didn't. It didn't have nearly as many. Um, that guy would have loved like, dunking on European players. Well, one of my favorite stories. I'm sorry, we're talking Jordan, about MJ all of a sudden. Eric. Of the nineties. I'm in a very, very brief. I mean, no, it's fine. Before we cycle back to the subject at hand, but one of my favorite Bulls '90s things was basically um, after the third championship, like during the season of the third championship in '92, '93. It was like well known that Jerry Krause in the Bulls front office was like really like heavily recruiting Tony Kukoc from Croatia. They just loved him, sort of in this way that like the weird mythological hunt for Nikolai Miritich um, back in yeah, 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 back yeah, toward yeah. the Bulls just front office just has like this this fixation on like the great white you know fucking Eastern European hope and um, so of course uh, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen hate this because they're winning championships and they want to go find someone else and they're like trying so hard to get Tony Kukoc and um, there's like this Bulls like you know documentary right. Or like it was actually a dream team documentary, and what happened was that uh, it was the '92 dream team, right? And while they knew that they were trying to court Kukoc, um, the USA team went against the Croatian team, and they absolutely destroyed them. Like they absolutely destroyed everyone. Yeah. Because... But they show this cutaway interview with Michael Jordan, and he talks. He summarizes the whole dynamic with Kraus and Scotty and Michael, and and Michael Jordan likened Jerry Kraus going after Tony Kukoc to like your father trying to get a new son. Like I'm, I'm like I'm not exaggerating. That's what he said. And he was like he's like we like really needed to win that game cuz it was like my father was trying to replace me as a son. And I was just like oh, oh my god. <laughs> well, just speaking of, speaking of like incredible slights, did you guys see the note from uh did you guys read that story about not to take it away from the Blazers once again, but did you guys see that story from that book that Ian Thompson wrote about LeBron and Pat Riley? Oh no, I didn't. Well, no, please fill so, me so, in. So, so after the K 
Cavs won the 2016 or like right before the Cavs won the 2016 title, Pat Riley texted LeBron and was like, go win this game and you'll be free or whatever. And then like LeBron didn't text him back. But then after that, LeBron told ESPN, like there were a lot of people that were saying that, you know, this decision that I made was the worst decision I made in my career. And then Pat Riley said, I never said that. And apparently like LeBron, according to Pat Riley, made up this entire slight that it was the worst decision of his career that Riley said that to him. You know what? God bless him, I say. That's what I'm I'm saying. Make Make your own Jordan mythology, man. That's what I that's just, what he's doing. I want Armando Iannucci to make a movie about Pat Riley's NBA career. I I, I couldn't possibly be more with you. <laughs> I, I don't know who this, that is. He is so the, he made he made Veep and he just had the death of Stalin. And when you told oh, that story okay. just now, um, you told that story just now. It makes it immediately made me think that Riley is like just like pulling some bullshit where he's trying to control the narrative. And like we'll we'll never know what really happened, and yeah, it's just like no, this, this, yeah. this weird like long play psychological bullshit. And there's this moment at the end of Death of Stalin, um, where Steve Buscemi was playing uh, Khrushchev. Khrushchev. Um, he says to somebody that he's going to fucking bury them in history, and no one will remember him. And um, that was the first thing I thought of when you told that Riley anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> I love Veep. I love Veep. I just didn't know who did it. Pl- Eric, please, it's fine. We forgive you. I'm just, I, I'm just saying. I, I like Eric. I, it's fine. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure I would like Stalin or what Death of Stalin. Oh, Death, you would. It's so this. good. It's so fucking it's good. What fucking what channel? What channel or streaming service? It is a is motion it picture. It is not on a streaming oh. service net. Oh, it is oh in, here, in here I was. Me and Maureen oh. saw it at Regal Lloyd, uh, <laughs> which Portland residents will know was the most uh, infamous. Uh, uh, movie theater in all of Portland, the Regal Cinemas near Lloyd Center, and I sat in the back and laughed while everyone else sat in front of me and just kind of stared. It was very odd. I, the movie was hilarious. Yeah, I was only like, when I saw it, it was literally me and two other people in the theater, and we were all laughing. I felt like those were my two best friends when I was watching that movie. Man, that's that's beautiful. <laughs> that's so that that's is, so that is, fucking that is beautiful. Awesome. It was great. I mean, we were all strangers, but we all kind of looked at each other after the movie, and it was nice. Uh, my, Michael Jordan is definitely a dude who uh, saw Death of Stalin and heard Khrushchev said that and said like, "Yes, absolutely." Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You should fucking bury him in history. <laughs> Get him, Khrushchev. Big fan. Love Khrushchev. Love him. Anyway, let's pivot from um, Nikolai Khrushchev to Nikolai Jokic. Oh. Okay. Uh, like Jokic he specifically, he was good, but he had a triple double yeah. tonight. He did. Uh, was yeah, yeah, of was, course he did. I hate that. Ryan yeah, he bastard. had a he had a wild he had a wild line. He had fifteen, twenty, and eleven. I thought to me that was a great game by Jokic. I'm a big Jokic enthusiast. He because he was getting definitely beasted by Nurkic initially. Everybody was. Nurkic just came out of the game like a fucking came out of the gates like a volcano in this game, and then and he wasn't shooting well either. But he still managed to, to like you know find a way to dominate, even though he wasn't scoring a lot. And Gunderson, what I, are your Jokic feelings? I think he's really good. I just don't. I, I I just like he's really good, but I don't. 
I don't necessarily think I don't really necessarily buy the whole like I mean, he is a really great passer, but like there have been other great passers and I don't necessarily think that he's like the greatest big man passer ever or greatest passing big man ever, which is like one of the takes out there that I've seen that he's like yeah. no one can pass like him. And it's like uh, you've mentioned before, like Marcus Gasol made amazing passes, makes Jokic, amazing passes. Sabonis, cer- Sabonis, certainly. Although, OK, now Sabonis, now we're getting now we're getting warm. Marcus Gasol is a fucking pedestrian compared to oh Jokic. Oh OK, God. so yeah, no, but Sabonis is amazing. And so is Webb Weber. Bill Walton. I, it is actually probably Bill Walton, John. We're in rare we're in rare air here though, and that's the but, point. Okay, that's fine. But like I, I guess I guess if that's if that's the take that he's in their league, then yes, that's fine. And he's a great shooter, you know, for how big he is. And he makes really quick decisions. But I mean uh I, I mean he he's good, but like I don't think like there, there was like the whole momentum this summer was like he's the best offensive player in the league, and it's just like that's yeah. not true. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm you know I'm not going to let people with extreme and frankly speculative takes on Jokic <laughs> ruin ruin my very real and pure and sort of you know. There's a po- can I say there's a I've had John on my show every week. There's a possibility I've never heard him this takey before. Yeah, I just watch. I don't usually actually watch. A game right sports before we at all on. yeah the sort of competitive yeah. uh, uh action of, of a game it's, it's making me very take anyway content please continue john i think yoke just that's the best game i've ever seen him play honestly i mean he's played better games statistically um he's had better lines before but this is a do or die game and he uh he, he did bring the thunder. The like I love. Uh, he played. He played good defense too. Sorry. I love to rag on Jokic. I love it. Like there's n- like there's probably no player in the NBA I like ragging on more because I'm a Blazer partisan and uh, and I like Nurkic a lot. And for me, there's like a grand Nurkic Jokic narrative. And uh, and there's something about Jokic coming out on top that I that I find uh, deeply distressing. You know. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't though. Uh, well, why not? Because the Blazers got Nurkic. In a, I don't know. That was like a mutually beneficial trade. And actually, actually, yeah. it was almost certainly bad for the Nuggets. They got Plumlee in return, uh, who is not. Well, they weren't gonna. They weren't gonna get the the Nurkic that the Blazers are getting now. Yeah, you know, that's was a situation that wasn't working out. And Plumlee's a good reserve. I was watching the game and I was thinking Plumlee might be. Like a one of the most go fetch it players in the NBA, they just like throw the ball up there for him, like he's some sort of you know overhyped golden retriever or something. You know, actually, it's a little known fact that Plumleys are all part golden retriever. That is like not surprising to <laughs> yeah. me at all. There's there's like a, a genetic mutation in a golden retriever in the Middle Ages. Uh, he became a king. His uh, line sired. You know, I don't need to. I don't need to explain uh, how men set, become part set, dog to you. They settled in Indiana. Yeah. What are, you, what are you guys? Plumley takes as as a guy who used to be on the Blazers. He's fine. Um, I mean, he's 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 a solid player. I mean, he's just not going to take you to the next level or anything. It's he's a, reserve. Think, he's a reserve. Yeah. 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 He's a good. He's a good backup. 
it's, he's, a, he's it, a very good backup. I, 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 I mostly agree with Eric. I think it's possible that he is like a truly heinous defender, though. Uh, because they traded him and his minutes for Nurkic, and like almost immediately, the Blazers rounded off into a good defensive squad. Uh, and uh, considering how much responsibility center has for that position, like I think it's, he's a very he's a freelancing player. He likes to run around and try to do crazy things. Yeah, but you know it's a little too it's a little too twenty eighteen for that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it depends on who you're playing against and what parts of the game you're playing in. Like I think he again he's a great reserve, uh, not great good reserve. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's a very good reserve. I think yeah. that's. I mean, he had some big moments in the playoffs uh, when he was here. He's like a way, he's like way more coordinated and skilled than you usually see, though, because he'll like try to do something too insane and then like turn the ball over, but like then he'll like do try the insane thing and actually pull it off, like some sort of weird between the legs spinning pass or something. He was a really good passer. Sorry. He was. No, oh he yeah, 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 yeah. That is actually an element of his game that I don't think people necessarily know about. He is actually a really good passer. It should be noted that he was playing for Terry at the time, and that's like some real Terry stuff. Let me say that he's a, a white player who who transcends stereotypes of white players. Wow, in in because, a way, he's a hero. Yeah, I mean, I guess like the stereotype of of, of white dudes is that they just like very dutiful, especially white big men. You know, they just do what they're told and. They're not very coordinated. He's extremely athletic, but like, he does not have his head on, a head on his shoulders a lot of the time. Uh, Eric, uh, can you please fill me in on what the Blazers' playoff status is after tonight? So, um, they will know more. We'll know more after tomorrow. The Jazz are playing Golden State tomorrow mm-hmm. in at home. At home, Portland has a half game on the Jazz right now uh, because they have one more win than them and the same amount of losses. So, if the Jazz lose, then it's pretty. It's a pretty. I mean, Portland would basically. I mean, I think Portland would win. Uh, that that would be the scenario if Utah beats Golden State and Portland, they will be the three seed. And if they lose to Golden State, but beat Portland and Memphis beats OKC, then they will have the three seed. The Jazz will have the three seed. So it's going to be really tough for the Jazz to get the three seed if they lose tomorrow. Uh, but what you're telling me, at the very least, is that Portland and the Jazz, there's almost no way that they can meet in a four or five matchup. Pretty much no. Oh yeah, the the. They're, they're, that's like pretty unlikely at this point. I like I can't speak for you on this matter, Eric. For me, that was the scariest. That was the worst thing that could happen. Yes. Um. I. I. You know. I. I was talking about this on the show yesterday, and I've come to the, like the San Antonio game. Just really made me realize. There is not going to be a single easy series where the Blazers just cakewalk their way to the second round. Like, every matchup is going to have its thorns. Like, the Spurs are extremely well coached. LaMarcus is pretty good. They have Ginobili. Uh, like, Murray, Rudy Gay was looking good in that game. Like, 
and it would not surprise me if like Rudy Gay came out with the Spurs and just had like a monster series. Ugh, that because would be, that is to- that would be a nightmare. But that's so Spurs. <laughs> like that's so the type of shit they do. So it's like and they did that against the Blazers on Saturday. And so it's like okay, yeah, okay, San Antonio maybe marginally better than Utah. But like it's Donovan Mitchell's first time in the playoffs. You know, Gobert could be played off the floor if you go super, super small. No way. No. Okay, continue, but. I'm just saying, like, you throw a Aminu at the five, do you think they're really going to keep Gobert on the floor? Yeah, because yeah. Gobert <laughs> generates sub-100 defensive ratings almost on his own. Like, like Gobert is a monster. Gobert... I understand that, but he, what if he can't play on the floor, man? Like, what if he can't keep up with the Aminu? Like, I'm just saying, like. What okay. if he has to guard out? I'm just saying. What if he has to guard out to five? And like, I, I'm just saying. Like, Gobert is amazing. What, well, John? Please, please defend yourself on this matter. He can. He can. He's pretty fast. No, I, I, I understand that he's really rangy and fast. But I mean, you know, being fast again, making Carl like closing out on Carl Towns, who is like way bigger and not as quick as Aminu. Okay. Okay. Can, different, can I? Can I pause? It's a different. Okay. Go, go, go ahead, Eric. I'm sorry. It's different than going after a smaller guy who can dribble. I will say, though, it's not like Aminu has a particularly fast shot release, though. No, no. Like, if we're talking pure ranginess, like, I really do think that if Gobert can get a step on that, like, Aminu loads yeah. up a little bit. There's not There's not really, I mean, I don't know. I don't think there's really, a, there's a very rare defensive situation that, um, takes Rudy Gobert off the floor and the Blazers aren't... I like the Blazers. They're very good. They're not capable of producing that situation. The Warriors and the Rockets maybe are, and that's it. Okay. Fair enough. But I, I, I also think that if you go at him and you don't, like, back down and don't, it doesn't deter you, like, you can still score on him. Like, he's great. I, I understand that. But in the playoffs... Great offense usually beats great defense. And so, like, I would, if Portland and Damon CJ can deliver they and win. they can kind of space, they could win. Like, that's, I, Utah would be a, a bad matchup. But, I mean, I don't think, okay, like, I don't think, okay, is a great matchup. I know Portland's beat them four times this oh, year, I think but like, I, th- I, 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 yeah, I disagree with you a little bit there, Eric. I think that, okay. I think that this, I think that Westbrook, uh, always fucks up against good defensive centers. It is it is his it is his eternal vice is that that dude cannot stop running at the rim and not scoring when there's a center just, on the court. I just generally don't think that the Thunder not know how to play together still. And You uh, got okay, but you don't you don't I I mean uh C-Rat, uh Sohi on Twitter pointed this out. It's like there are also a bunch of guys that are vets that like probably don't give a shit as much in the regular season, like that's at, true, but uh, Russell at, Westbrook uh, gives too much of a shit. Okay, well, can but we explain like playoffs? Th- what does Westbrook give a shit about, though? Being a hero. And I, hmm, and okay. Anyway, can okay, Eric. No, I don't. I don't have any. No, I don't have anything to say about to that. I just, I mean, I would be like. Paul George, like be in the playoffs, like I know he he... shooting, like he could turn up his le- game to another level. Like, I mean, a couple games ago, uh, when they beat OKC in OKC, 
Paul George was like completely erased from the game by Harkless and Aminu, and I just don't know if that would actually happen in the playoffs because he's Paul George and they're Harkless and Aminu. Well, I, yeah. Aminu is a very good defender. Matter Paul, of fact, though, Paul George is, is an All NBA talent. Come, yeah, I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't been very good offensively in a while this season. The, the fact of the matter is, there's a lot of speculation in what you're suggesting. The the Jazz then like God, turned, John, then, like, you're so mean. <laughs> there is. So the Jazz have actually. You don't need to speculate. They've been the top three team, maybe top two team in the league since late January, and like that's just what it is. I wouldn't want to face them if I was literally anyone. Gunderson, are you okay? Do you want John well, yeah, to apologize no, to you? No, I feel no, like John no, is. I feel no, like John's um, being no, a jerk. Um, no, he's not. <laughs> I, I I just I just think that. Portland has some ways that they could make things uncomfortable for Gobert in the playoffs. Like I, I maybe I they don't have enough shooters per se. I don't but think you want to find they, out. I'm just saying they could go super small. I mean they could play the three guards. They could do some weird shit. And and Terry is a Carlisle acolyte and will do some weird stuff in the playoffs if it it means getting Gobert off the floor. Like I, I would not be surprised to see them go like three guards, Evan Turner at the four, and uh, Aminu, like they could do that. I know it would be tough, but they could. They do have and good. Th- they do have a pretty decent three guard lineup. Although, I think that the point John makes there is literally that you probably don't want to find out. Fair. Yeah, you, you have to do the weird stuff against the Jazz. Yeah, like if you play. Let's say okay, the Pelicans are not a nightmare at all. Honestly, the Pels are going to lose. They might fall in the playoffs too. I guess I don't quite understand the situation, but I think, I if, think they lose, I th- if they lose tonight, which they're still playing right now. Oh, they're kicking their no. They're oh, they're smacking. They're, yeah, yeah, they're they're, they're yeah. yeah um, so that doesn't yeah. Yeah, anyway. I think the Wolves are the one the that's a little more likely to fall out, if I recall correctly. Um, I think I think Pelicans clinch tonight if they win. Okay, they will. Yeah, they have forty. They will have forty-seven wins, and that's that will your ideal. That's your ideal matchup, I think, because it's just all Anthony Davis, dude. Like. He can't do it an entire. He can't do this for an entire seven game series. That I I, I I agree with that. I think, but that's your number one matchup. Okay. I mean, man, but the thing is, is like we're picking our poison here. It's like it's like you don't want to find out against Gobert, and but at the same time, Anthony Davis would be the best, probably the best player in a series, and could he has like nothing, he puts up he, right. He has nothing around him, but I mean, Drew Holiday has been pretty good. And those other guys, I mean, it's been weird. I mean, they're really thin. I get it. But, like, Anthony Davis playing 43 minutes a night or whatever, like, would be really tough. They do also have one of the other top five uh, motivation variable players in the league in uh, Rajon Rondo. Mm, yeah, I suspect you Rondo's well. lost that, though. Duh, he was destroying the Celtics in the playoffs last year before he broke, God, broke that his hand. That, that... He was, like... Like absolutely destroying them, he's picking them apart, and then he just broke his hand, and then the Celtics won. Um, can I can I say some some controversial shit? The world might not be ready to hear. What's that? Why not? Are we uh, are we sure Anthony Davis is better than Gobert? I'm not. I think he is. I think Anthony Davis is better than Gobert. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm just look. I'm just look. You're just trying to start a dialogue. I'm trying to. Thank you. I am trying to start a dialogue. I'm Charles Barkley. They're putting that over <laughs> my face. 
Um, no, no. Are they, they, do you, either of you guys watch Search Party? No, I don't. No, I, uh, I yeah, a little to. bit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, they they throw that in there, and it's it's so well placed uh, in the show. Uh, but anyway, but um, it's just like the Jazz are so insanely good at defense when he is playing defense. Like, like, I really think that there's a possibility that those contributions on their own, like, balance out a lot of what Davis does. If we yeah, were... If... I, yeah. Okay. Whoever, whoever plays the Jazz in the playoffs, it will require not just good, like, perimeter offensive yeah, play. It, yeah, it's going to have to be it has to be. Crisp. It has to be exceptional. Yeah. Uh, because that, like that dude at the rim, like there's just, just not, not much you can not do. Get that much, yeah. yeah. No, Davis is really disappointing defensively. Yeah, and uh, I mean he he leads the league in blocks or whatever, but like his refusal to play center is like extremely whack. Yeah, it's it's such like it's, it's such it's very it's very it's very shades of of Lamarcus. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace. God, I'm, I'm so glad the Blazers are probably not going to play this. Oh, no. No, they could. Oh, that yeah, could happen. Right. That would be I mean, a nightmare, right, Eric? That would that would be, like, uh, horrible. Yeah, I, I guess if you had to ask me who would I prefer between OKC. I mean, God, but OKC, they just, like, I, I don't know what it is, dude, that I'm just, like, I'm, I'm like, kind of scared of Westbrook and uh, Paul George I, and, uh... and Steven Adams and Mello. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I personally, I, psychi- I personally psychically could not handle if the Spurs upset the Blazers with LaMarcus Aldridge on the team. Would, have, would you have to retire from the blogosphere? I, like, I, like, I, yes. I think that <laughs> I've put down too many anti-LaMarcus Aldridge chips. To like let that one, uh, to let people let me pass on that one. I just think that would be so horrible. That would be so much more horrible than if the Pelicans beat them or whatever. Well, the Pelicans and Spurs play so on Wednesday. Yeah, so that's going to be a, a monster game because <laughs> if the Pelicans hold on here, they will both have forty-seven wins. And so Nuggets, the Pe- uh... yeah. Nuggets and Wolves are playing a, a one-game playoff as well. They are? are, are like, on their schedule, or are they... Or... No, yeah, no, the yeah, they, and Wolves are yeah. playing on, on Wednesday, and they have the same record, and there's one game left in this season, so... Dude, the, the collective anxiety that I'm currently feeling channeled from Minnesota is so... Just, I can feel the pits in their stomachs right now. Yeah. Like, it's just... Uh, he, uh, Taj Gibson got hurt in the game tonight, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sure he'll play. It's a do-or-die game. Are you guys familiar yeah. with my new Minnesota Timberwolves take? That you want them to be miserable for eternity? Well, uh, that's my old Minnesota Timberwolves take. My new one is I want the team to move to Seattle. Oh, yeah, you did say that. <laughs> I just I just think it's time. Like these, like, these Timberwolves fans will never be happy. They get no happiness out of this team. They never have. There's no way they ever will. Like, it's not like the Timberwolves are going to win a championship, probably. Like, the economics of the league are just completely stacked against them. And so, like, they just need to, like, let it go, man. Yeah, but I just... I Also, it would make the Blazers' travel schedule a lot easier. I don't like to generalize about fan bases, but the Timberwolves' presence on Twitter has been... Fan base has been... Really, really frustrating to witness. Honestly, 
I'm just like, just shut the fuck up. Just chill out. Like, you haven't had a winning season in forever, and you're, like, hyper-analyzing this one so much. Yeah. Deriving zero joy from it. Yes. It is a fan base of people who are... Who, Who's who's very watching of the game as an act of sticking needles underneath their skin? It's like yeah, what? You don't have to watch. Like, In a way, I almost admire it. It's almost like it's they're almost like extreme the extreme Buddhist monk subset of the of the NBA fan bases. You know, it's just like if you hate it this much, why are you watching? Like, I no. mean, it wouldn't be Twitter without Minnesota Twitter. So like, for I I enjoy it. I, I I'm I'm glad that we have it, um, but Eric the, is a oh, fundamentally nicer person than us. Whelps. Well, he did. But, he is for sure. But but uh, I mean, it would be quite something if they lost. I mean, it really is. I mean, other than Oklahoma City, I think Minnesota and Denver being the two teams that may miss the playoffs on the final day of the season is pretty great. Well, like, you know what I mean, those, really those about? are two, those, yeah. those are two teams that are, it's just great to see that. Yeah. The, I think the most fun thing about it is, is that the nuggets people would probably be like, nah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, they're not that they're not fucking, they're not like self fucking proselytizing nuggets fans out there in yeah. large numbers but the but the, like the timberwolves fans timberwolves would just like it. it would just be like king lear like they just, they just wouldn't be able to... <laughs> <laughs> there would just be blood and death everywhere just bodies falling everywhere <laughs> yeah. yeah like minnesota would make the playoffs and they'd be or not minnesota denver would make the playoffs and they'd be stoked and be like yeah man we're gonna play the rockets cool should be should be a good time let's go hang out drink some brews before the game baby Want to, go, want to go on a hike? Yeah. Maybe yeah. go for a hike after the game? Yeah. Oh, hey. Oh, we're a little late. Second quarter. Got a few brews before the game, you know. But in Timberwolves, they make, they, they don't, they make the playoffs and everybody's just like, have blood coming out of their noses. They're just, they're just, they're just everyone becomes a stroke <laughs> victim immediately. They're subtweeting the pregame. They're like bleeding out of their eyes while subtweeting like the, the pregame. The series hasn't even started, and they're just like already mad that Derrick Rose is playing, and it's just like, ah, you, you called. I can't believe it. I. It's just you just look at their Twitter feeds at night. It's just them like waking up. It's just them like <laughs> sleepwalk tweeting like, "That's not a foul. It's not a foul." Flopping ass Harden. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they just like James Harden becomes the new enemy. Oh my god! I will say this: no team deserves to get eviscerated. No fan base deserves to get eviscerated more than the Timberwolves by James Harden. None. <laughs> like nobody. Like there is no group of like like they're just they're literally like Midwestern people who are angry about sports. Like that's like their central identity. And nobody oh, hates yeah. James Harden more than Midwestern people who are angry about sports. I can I can completely confirm that as Midwestern resident. I'm like the only person in Chicago who likes James Harden. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because you know they they have a they have a vision of themselves as being a, a tough and fair minded and all that horseshit, you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and and James, James Harden is a, in the face of that. yeah, James Harden is a is a city slicker basketball player. I hope people don't mind me saying. No, he definitely he definitely fucking works that tax code, man. He's yeah. not asking. <laughs> he's got gre- grease in all the cracks of that shit. Like he's also excellent. I think that like people get so hung up on like his arm hooking and like 
doing some <laughs> that shit when you like when you, somebody's running around a screen, you know, and you just like stop short so they follow you when you shoot. He does that. Yeah, that's shit. Dame, Dame does that too. Dame. No, yeah. Dame's got Dame's Dame, yeah, yeah, Dame yeah, yeah. to his credit has gotten way better at all that stuff. Like that was like one of my I remember that was like one of my critiques of Dame that he was like yeah, not he, good enough. Yeah, he was flopping. a bit yeah, he was a bit of an honor and, dude for a while. Yeah, and but now he's like just really good at selling the call. Hashtag no honor. <laughs> but yeah, no, but yeah, James Harden is like the ultimate no honor dude. Like Did you guys see that thing on Bleacher Report today about um like this sort of like informal code between NBA players about when to take plays off. I've seen it. I have not read it yet. Eric, Eric I've yourself. It. I I have not read it yet either. It's I pretty, did. I do want to read it It's mostly just about uh, rebounds on free throws. Like that's the the only time where it's very like explicit. Where it's like, hey man, I'm not going to go for this one. You can have it. Yeah, they definitely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. The middle guy does a lot of st- hands on hips during that sometimes. Yeah. And he like uh, Ennis Cantor in the piece was saying that like Courtney Lee shooting free throws. He's like such a high percentage free throw shooter that he almost is kind of insulted if Ennis tries to get the rebound because he's like, "Don't try to get the rebound. I'm not going to miss." Wow, uh, gentlemen, can we speaking of rebounds and gentlemen's agreements? Can we talk about Russell Westbrook's game tonight? What do you do? He, had, he had he had 18 rebounds and Stephen Adams had three. Oh my god. <laughs> they have some Cause he, sort of I think because I think I think he needs like 15 in the next game to get the triple oh double again. God. There's there's gonna be a Balco <laughs> re- there's gonna be a Balco report about Russell Westbrook, but but the ba- but the report isn't gonna be about steroids. It's gonna be about how everybody around him did everything they could to juice his numbers all the time. God, <laughs> Stephen Adams is so chill. He like probably doesn't even fucking mind. Yeah, it's like it's like I wonder if like Stephen Adams like doesn't have any like bonuses for like hitting rebound numbers in his contract, so he like that's why he's cool with Westbrook doing it. Like there, I, I don't know. There, there are probably all sorts of non-public clauses in the contract of every Thunder player <laughs> about like statistical incentives <laughs> but, uh, related, related, just, related to Russell Westbrook. They're, they're just yeah. like immaculately constructed sort of contracts <laughs> that sort of create yeah. cathedrals to help Westbrook succeed. In a... It's like a fucking insane interlocking set of secret rules to maximize incentive structures on that team. It's a blockchain. It's definitely a blockchain. It's the block, yeah, the Thunder blockchain <laughs> as they call it. Yeah, I think that uh, fucking the motivation of Russell Westbrook is the most crypto of NBA assets. Oh, for, sure. oh, for, <laughs> cer- for certain. Oh my god, yes. Incredibly volatile. Incredibly volatile. Also is almost certainly only exists to purchase uh, uh, drugs on Silk Road. And is really yes. not good for the environment. <laughs> No, it certainly isn't good for. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Russell Westbrook is not carbon neutral. People don't. (laughs) I can't believe that line. Eighteen rebounds for Russ, three for Stephen Adams. How many did Melo have? Uh, five. (sighs) Jesus. (laughs) Westbrook is so pissed at Melo. Like those are mine. Yeah, Westbrook had 18 get your, get your, 40 yeah, rebounds. Yeah, Westbrook immediately steps off the court and just screams, like, get your fat ass out of the paint to Mello every night. <laughs> You're a shooter. You're a shooter. You're nothing but a shooter to me. 
Um, we have like a bunch of questions. Yeah, we're going to do some questions. You got time, Eric? Yeah. Cool. Uh, uh, Sean Woodley, the host of uh, Lockdown Raptors. Uh, Sean Woodley. Shout out to Sean. Shout out to Sean Woodley. Shout out to the Lockdown Network. He Shout wants to, to the, the, all the Lockdown, David Locke, uh, Jeff Locke, <laughs> Bill Locke. Okay, Larry, Larry Locke. Wouldn't it be cool if when you joined the Lockdown Network, you had to change your last name to Locke? (laughs) It's basically like marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Eric Locke, uh, Spike Locke. Spike Spike hosts uh, Lockdown Seahawks, of course. Uh, Anyway, uh, Sean Woodley wants to know, in addition to... First first off, uh, we're going to pause, take it or break it for a second. Get back to uh, the the sub-podcast in Take It or Break It, which is, of course, Weighted Blanket Talk. Uh, Sean wants to know, in addition to blankets, what other common household items would be more useful or enjoyable by being extremely heavy? Before we get to this question, I just want to let everybody know that uh, uh, my mother uh, is likes weighted blankets now, and she got a weighted blanket. And so that means at some point soon, I'm going to be able to take my weighted blanket, put it on myself, take her weighted blanket put it on me and then i will have 50 pounds of blanket pressing down on me i i cannot even begin to tell you how excited i am about this prospect <laughs> it's the best thing that has ever happened to me uh, uh guys have you had the have you had the joy have you experienced the joy of weighted blankets yet i have not i've been wanting to tell a story though about how my dad like before this was a scientifically engineered thing we just there was just a have very heavy blanket in my family it was just like this big ass denim blanket and like everybody in the family was like that blanket is too heavy and um <laughs> my dad my dad would sleep with that thing like in an extremely cold basement too we were like it's too cold down here and that blanket is too heavy and he was just basically like a weird bear was sleeping in our basement but it was my father <laughs> eric have you had the joy of a weighted blanket i i have not uh Though at yoga yesterday, oh, I did wonderful. use some sandbags, and 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 you feel like that's sort of st- stimulating the weighted blanket experience for you. Yeah, yeah, because you you have a weight on you while you're like doing these poses. So uh, weighted blankets—they're wonderful. Everybody should buy one. I will admit that last night I slept with one on, and I got very sweaty, very sweaty. There was a big there was a big plot of plot of sweat on my bed, but. Still worth it because it is the ultimate and gentle relaxing feelings. And uh, my fr- I was telling my friend Chelsea about these weighted blankets. She hadn't heard of it. And um, she s- it reminded her of how you can get like a, a weighted vest for dogs for like rain. For yes, like yeah, yes, a, a, th- a thunder coat, certainly. Uh, uh, it, you are not the first person to mention this to me. It is definitely a dog coat. Cool. Uh, it's also a swaddle in a way. When I was in college... Uh, or no, after college, actually, uh, a, a friend of mine from college, 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 uh, was uh, staying with, was hanging out, and we all swaddled each other one day, like we all hung out and we like wrapped each other tight in blankets and swaddle formation, and uh, it was like intensely pleasant. And this weighted blanket, it's just like a swaddle that you that you can put on yourself at any time. You know what I mean? I hear you. Swaddle, I mean, being yeah. swaddled as an adult feels wonderful. I, I'm here to recommend it to everybody listening. Now, what other... But So, but to get to Sean's question. In addition to blankets, what other household items would be made more useful or enjoyable by being extremely heavy? You know, I think that they're all 
better off not being extremely heavy because I'm not a very strong person. Oh, um, I, I'm not oh, ashamed. Yeah. Maybe uh, a hat. I, it's, it, it, it's, uh... John, did you just say a hat? Yeah, and I'd have a nice heavy hat that might be kind of nice. <laughs> like a sort of slight pressure on your head at all times? Yeah, why not? I actually, I gotta say, John, I actually kind of don't hate it. A heavy pillow. Well, that yeah, I like, I like, I like a heavy pillow. Like heavy, like a, like a big... oh, ooh. heavy bath towel. <gasps> oh man, that could be good. That could be good. Heavy like, like, towel. like, does it have does it have like weighted blanket stuff in it? Is it towel sized with terry cloth on top, and it also has the little beads in it? So like, you dry off, and then you kind of just sort of like sit it on yourself for a while. And it just like it mops. It's like a sham wow. Yeah, where it just like takes takes it all off you, takes all the water off you while being weighted on you. Oh my god! What? Call Shark Tank. Uh, there's almost no piece of cloth that couldn't maybe be improved with beat. Like, what if you had a shirt? Like, there we go. I just invented thunder shirts for people, though. Like shirts that have beads in them. Like. A ten-pound shirt that you wore everywhere that just sort of gave you gentle, that just sort of gave you gentle that, pullings all day. It sounds like the um, material that Frodo wears in Lord of the Rings. Thank you, uh, Mithril. You mean? Yeah, mi- yeah, Mithril. Mithril. Yeah. yeah. John, are you familiar with Mithril? Uh, I'm not a nerd. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh Okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I like sports. <laughs> this is a sports podcast. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not you're, into this uh, in the right... Star Wars. You're not into this Star no, I'm just, Wars. I'm, I'm a very different type of. Did person. you guys watch? Did you guys happen to watch this new Han Solo trailer? No, I refuse. Eric, Eric, do you have yeah. takes on this kind of stuff? I can't even remember. I haven't seen the Solo trailer, you know so the... I. I... I we like know what happened. Star you know Wars. what happened with the production of that movie, right? Yeah, they they fired the directors and they hired Ron Howard. Yeah, because they thought they were having too much fun making it, basically. Yeah, well, that sucks. It's so, like something that the Marvel figured out over time that Star Wars now that they're going to be making maybe just as many movies oh, over oh, time. Oh, something oh, that Marvel oh figured god. out. What? Oh my god, guys! Breaking news. Okay, not breaking news, but this is just. Going back to the Minnesota – sorry to interrupt the Star Wars thing. Certainly. But Nick Friedel from ESPN Chicago, who's also covering the Timberwolves right now, just said, you can bet Tibbs will lean on Butler, Gibson, Crawford, and Rose heavily on Wednesday. Of course he will. Those are are his guys. (laughs) Right? He he says he trusts – I do. Just like you know, John. I mean it's – but I just wanted to reiterate that I think – I think we're gonna have to watch it. We're gonna have to be there for our friends in Minnesota, because I, I feel like they're gonna need us. Yeah, to make fun of them. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's because they deserve that's this. The no, it's the noble thing to do. Yeah. Um, it's to really yeah. roast them. That's the other thing too that makes God, the Derek Rose the... thing is just, that's like the most embarrassing shit I've ever seen in my entire life. He was out of the league. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's bad. <laughs> Like, he's bad. He's, like, probably not a good dude. Like, there's so many reasons to not sign Derek. Okay. Yeah. That's the other, the other thing that's really frustrating about watching the Timberwolves fan base this year is, like, I covered the Bulls when they had Thibodeau. And, like, everything that is happening is by the book. And it got to the point where I just got 
when I was covering them. I just get exhausted with it and I accepted what his flaws were and recognized his strengths. But these people are like so far away from that. They just like will never ever accept his flaws and they will just fucking go insane about them forever. And it's just like it's hard to watch. It's it's very hard to watch, honestly. Does it, do you feel like this is basically like what's happening now is what basically happened in Chicago a little bit? I mean, there wasn't so like obviously an element that's going on now was not quite as possible back then because basically he's like reviving old Bulls players on this roster, right? So like that nostalgic element isn't really going on. Um, but like yeah, in terms of the minutes, in terms of like just like. He's very um, he's very set in his ways. Like if he decides that like these like rotations are what they are, that's what they're going to be. Like if he decides that this is what the starting lineup is, that's what it's going to be. Um, and he's never gonna he just doesn't budge. He's just very yeah. He's never fun in a lot of ways. I don't know. Like yeah, it's a lot of it's the same. It's like Derrick Rose isn't playing that much on the Timberwolves though. People act like it's like the worst thing in the world. He's like playing like fifteen minutes a game. Yeah, but yeah, but he's yeah, like he, campaign he's also, out there. He's also I mean, missing games too. Yeah, no, he's bad. He's really bad. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, well, tonight he played. Let's see. According to the, I'm just like I I didn't know either. Tonight he played twenty one minutes. And it he was actually blow up. It was a blowout. He, he had thirteen points and yeah, it was. I mean, they play Memphis. Um, yeah, so forget it. But the most annoying thing is when he like, so he is still very athletic. Um, he just has no idea how to like use it anymore. No, um, but, um, he'll still, he'll still have a fairly aesthetically pleasing play a couple times a week or something. Yeah, And every time and then, it's, he's back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And especially in Chicago, everybody's like texting them to me. I had to tell multiple friends. I'm like, stop texting me. It's like, I don't care. Like, I don't want to see it anymore. I don't want to see the one good layup he had last night, you know, where, yeah. he, where he looks athletic and then it's like, this is what he's he's going to be the MVP again. And it's like, no, no, he's not. Well, he <laughs> he's was, and, like, and his line tonight, he shot 33%, turned the ball over four times with one assist. Like, no, he's not going to be good. Him in Cleveland was like really not good. Like he had more turnovers than assists, and it was it just didn't really work. Yeah, he's terrible. Yeah, he's bad now. And so a lot of my friends here too, like they've become like surrogate Wolves fans. I'm the opposite. Like I'm like so moved on from that era of like it was fun, but it'll be years before I want to look back. Can on I, it can, fun. I like, can I like, pause? Can I pause you for a second, John? Yeah. Was it that fun? Yes, it was extremely fun. Okay. All right. I'll take your line. I'll take your word for it. It seemed miserable. No, it was awesome. It seemed like they played a grinding form of stuff. It seemed like LeBron destroyed them, like, every time. Like, Mm, you know, there are a lot of ways that I would revise what you're saying. Um, Joakim Noah's Defensive Player of the Year season was extremely fun. No, it was way better. That's That's hard to deny. They were way better than any business being. Um, Jimmy Butler was not good and like watching him become a fucking all nba player is extremely rewarding and fun because everybody loved him when he was bad too everybody was like i like that guy and then like watching him become an all nba player was fucking really fun um their rose mvp season was obviously really fun all the rose stuff after that though was fucking straight misery it became it became truly miserable 
um, in Thibodeau's last season. It was miserable at that point. Pau Gasol in his like fucking whiny bullshit was like a huge damper on everything. Like the mythology of Miritich was like too much. Yeah, Rose that, was still getting hurt all the time. I, what Miritich yeah, was, the, yeah, is yeah. one is like people. You will never be able to explain to future people what people thought Miritich was going to be. I know it's ridiculous. I feel I feel like people thought Miritich was going to be like something akin to what like Doncic actually is, if that makes any sense. Like pe- the way yeah. Bulls fans were talking about Miritich was like people should be talking about Doncic. Yeah, I mean, it's all mythological too. Like nobody had actually none of these people who were saying any of this shit had watched him play aside from like some YouTube clips. So this is like all just being fed basically propaganda like by the organization. Like you would um, hear people like, say shit like oh, the Bulls are good now, but wait until they get fucking Miritich, man. He's basically like, he has his flashes, but he's like, like, and I don't want to compare him to this player because this is a better player, but J.R. Smith, where it's like, sometimes it's like, oh man, you're fucking awesome, but it's like extremely inconsistent. Um, and it's like very difficult. It's not even like a motivation variable. It's just like a, he's got to be have some sort of weird psycho-emotional balance that is impossible to like reliably create for him to play well. And there's like 82 games in an NBA season. So that's not a great circumstance. How weird was it? Did you see the picture of him without the beard? Oh yeah. Deeply disturbing. Um, he played well when he got it, when he got cut off though. He was playing, he's been playing, he hasn't playing very well on the Pelicans, but he was playing super well on the bulls this season. And it's like this guy who you like invested all this bullshit into is finally playing well. And you're just going to trade him. I thought that was so stupid. It's a weird organization, John. Oh, I know about that. Uh, I very, pers- very H- personally know about Higley, that. Alex Higley wants to know what he thinks the best cart- what we think the best cartoon of the '90s is. Which uh, I'll answer, but it's but I mean, like Higley's a published author, and that's a very Buzzfeed question. Hey, man, don't act don't act like Higley doesn't have multitudes. First I, of all, for, I apologize <laughs> for saying that about Higley. <laughs> Published, published authors can enjoy whatever they in, in want to. You're right. Um, I agree. I'm so sorry. I mean, I mean, we, we, I mean, John and I watch Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. Yeah, come on. Certainly. Um, I answered that question in um, in GIF uh, form on the timeline. Is the uh, the Batman show. The... Yeah, Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Oh, you, you know what was a really good animated series? X-Men. <laughs> Eric, I got to tell you something. You're wrong. What? It's bad. You it's didn't bad. like X Men? Yeah, the yeah the '90s X Men series is not good. Uh, this is I just... mean, okay, I'm not going to rewatch it now, but I mean, I... I thought I thought it was it was good when I watched it. Look, I'm ha- look. I don't want to taint your memories. I don't want to make that bad for you. But it's a, it's like a weirdly colored show where everybody moves very herky jerkily. That's yeah, lower frame rate. So Batman had that too. It was just like not a ton of production money going into it, um, but it was still fucking awesome. It just still you remember, defined, defined my young imagination. Did you watch Batman Beyond? No, I was I was like kind of done by then. Better but, than um, you would think. Like, Better than you would uh, think. It, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, Batman Beyond was like pretty so- pretty solid. It was like the, and like they played like this weird, like there was one game. There's one game that they played, and it was like it was like a futuristic like hockey slash highlight <laughs> oh, game. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like, oh man, it was it was super weird. But like old Bruce Wayne was just like I don't know. I I liked it anyway. 
The Batman, um, the movie that came out of Batman, the animated series, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, um, that's the second best Batman movie that's been made. The first, of course, is the 60s one. No, it's, it's uh, Batman Returns is the best one, actually. Oh, wow. Oh, god damn. John Wilms is bringing some Batman heat. You were you ref- you refused to go Dark Knight on this, huh? I'm not into neoliberal austerity Batman. God damn. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> austerity Batman. You you like more '90s opulent? Yeah, Batman. yeah. yeah. Like, that's like Batman was trying to get me to vote for fucking tax cuts for the rich and shit. I'm not into that. It has no. It has no play. It has no sense of fucking re- 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 recession Batman. That is like straight up only missionary sex Batman, you know? Like, Batman's supposed to be a freak. Like He does dress up in a bat costume and prance around. I think people, like, lose their fucking shit over how good Heath Ledger was, which he is fucking fantastic and outstanding in that movie. But it's, like, literally the only good thing about that entire series of movies. Like, the rest of it is so boring. It's, like, the most boring... Like interpretation of Batman. I think I think that Marvel movies consistently being like really fun has really fucked those up for me in retrospect. Oh yeah, they're so dour, dude. It's insane. Yeah, and like and like basically every time I go to a Marvel movie, I at least have a good time. And in the case of Black Panther, I was like genuinely moved at points. Yeah, and it's just like this. It, I agree. Like it wasn't something I get. I got from those Batman movies. Boy, the first time I no. saw The Dark Knight, though, I, I was I was screwed to my seat. I'm going to be oh, honest so, with you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Me too. Um, but that was a long time ago. Like, but, like yeah. the points in that movie that Joker isn't in. It, like, I remember being, like, shocked that the Joker showed up again at some point. I think in the hospital when he, uh, when he, popped, oh, when yeah. he pops out of that nurse's outfit. Because he's not in the movie for a while. And then all of a sudden he's in the movie again. And it really does, like, freak you out. Okay, to come uh, full... Full it's, cycle, really real it's, re- it's really good. I, I liked it, but whatever. You know, a lot of people feel that way. And uh, I just am going to, I I am doing like in, in an important feed by like, you know, pushing back on this movie that basically people seem afraid to say any negative thing about. Um, but talking about the Marvel movies always being fun. This is why I'm pissed off about the solo movie, the Star Wars movie, because they should just like let them make a fucking Star Wars movie that's a comedy, you know? Yeah. Where they like I'm with you. Star Wars is funny. Well, they're gonna make they're gonna be making so many of them too. There has to be like yeah. a diversity of aesthetics. Like you can't just I mean make Th- them all I, like, I mean yeah, like Thor Ragnarok is the ultimate example of this, right? Yeah. Like because that movie like, is so funny. Well, it's like Marvel has already like been doing this for a while, where yeah. they make this entire interrelated universe of movies. So, like, you can just look at what they've done and, like, learn from that. Or you can just, like, make fucking very dradly uniform Star Wars movies forever. Whatever. It's up to you. Uh, Eric, did you see Thor Ragnarok? I have not. I, I know you, you feel Love very Ragnarok. strongly about it. Love about Thor it. Ragnarok. Hey, Eric, I think you should see it. Okay. It's really good. It's so good. Uh, it is. Uh, Sean Keen wants to know who... Stephen Malkmus's favorite blazer is. Um, I think the one he'd be most likely to write a song about is Aminu. Ooh, Malkmus is like super sport. You know who Malkmus is, right, Eric? Maybe or not? I don't think so. He's the lead singer of Pavement. He lives in Portland. You can see him drifting around sometimes. Okay. 
uh, he uh, and he loves sports a lot, and he was in Pavement, which is one of the best bands. But he seems to not give a shit about rock music. It's very odd. Uh, because he still makes rock music. Yeah, he does, but it's like almost as like a careerist in a certain way. Yeah, like, it's very sarcastic. It's kind of very sarcastic. Yeah, it's like I am Stephen Malkmus. I am fucking incredible at playing guitar, and every few years I release an album because I have children to feed. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I'm I'm with Aminu. I think that's a good answer, Wilms. He has a a song on Gosh, what's the name of the album? Um, but he has a song named after Josh Smith. Um, it's called Jay. The name of the song is Jay Smooth. Oh, really? No way. That's great. Yeah. It's, uh, Wig Out. The album is Wig Out at Jag Bags. It's an awesome song. Uh, boy, boy, I gotta say, Josh Smith is a very Malcolmus player. Oh, yeah. Like, like, j- like, just janky enough, you know? Actually, now that you say it, you're completely right, and it makes me reconsider whether Aminu is the blazer he'd be most likely to write a song about. Because I... Aminu's just, like, too good, almost. Yeah, it would have to be a jank. You know, oh shit, you know who it is? It's Evan Turner. Mine. Oh, Evan Turner is completely Malcolmus. <laughs> Eric, Eric and I were at a bar the other night because Eric and I are friends in real life, not to brag or anything. I have friends, and one of them is Eric. And uh, uh, and there and the Blazer game was on. We were at uh, somebody's birthday party. Should I say who Eric, or would that be too name droppy? No, no, why not? Yeah, it was he, Dan. He, it was he, Dan Carbaugh. Yeah, he he. I mean, he posted well, about it. Yeah. Classic Dane. Yeah. Everybody loves Dane. Yeah. Yeah. Dane is. S- s- yeah. Dane's a swell guy. Not a lot yeah, of Dane hair. Yeah. Dane, Dane got all the people out. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and the Blazer game was on. And I don't usually watch Blazer games in bars because I'm a basketball writer. And also, I don't drink, so I, like, don't go to bars all the time. And, uh, and, uh, the. The way that people in bars react to Myers Leonard doing anything is, like, wild it's like some it's a, wild it's a, it's, a dr- it's a drug yeah it's some like wild postmodern sports shit that i don't think i can like even quite because everybody's sarcastically cheering but also everybody is cheering and seems happy when he do- when he does something it's kind of what it was like when um brian scalabrini was on the bulls <sighs> yeah except I that people actually that. like really like scalabrini I'm not he was sure. Also, people... He was also a veteran, yeah. And so, like, he was well past like rotation days, yeah. And so, when he came during during garbage time, it was like really easy to just like embrace the novelty. Where isn't Myers, it, like, still trying weird... to make a career. Isn't it weird that Scalabrini had rotation days? Yeah, I mean, he had <laughs> On like a rotation level. days with the Nets when they went to the finals, wasn't he? Yeah. Yo, yeah. Yes. Yes. He was. A, he was a good NBA player for, and then he was Brian Scalabrini, but he was just Brian Scalabrini for like so long. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He, he really extended that back end of his career like that. That I think is, is really where the whole Scalabrini, like, you know, the meme of the white Mamba, you know, really happened was like those yeah. last like three or four years of his career. Like, because he really didn't play then, and that's what really, yeah. What he was a vibe guy. Yeah, yeah. He's like Kendrick Perkins. Yeah, Kendrick just got uh, just got signed today. Yeah, he did. LeBron said, "Get Perk in here, baby." I love that. I love vibe guys so much. You know who was a vibe guy? Was uh, Earl Watson. Oh Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. He was the unfortunately not as a coach though. 
I guess. You know, I think that he got a raw deal on that. I think that it remains to be seen whether he could be decent at coaching. Yeah. I'm sure he should get another chance. Oh, he'll be an assistant at least. I mean, I think he should get another chance to be a head coach. I mean, he he did kind of like – I mean, he was like an assistant for like two years and then instantly became the head coach. Like, I think think he needed a little time to, to, you know, learn how to coach. But – yeah, no, he was a great vibes guy. He we had him in Portland here. Uh, I yeah, mean, Dame sweared by him. I mean, it was it was a he was a great presence. No, I co- I was covered a Bulls Blazers game, and and he was in the locker room, and he's on a short list of NBA players who uh, talked to me before I talked to them. And I was just like, I was just like with a friend of the podcast, John Hyken, I think we were just talking. Oh yeah, Hyken was at the party we were at the other night, actually. Of course he was. Shouts to Sean. Yeah. Um, we, we were just this, like, this podcast is three dudes who all know Sean. It certainly is. <laughs> in a way, and, which uh, is a sort of odd. Indeed. Sean, Sean and I were just milling about in the locker room, talking talking hoops, talking teams. And uh, Earl Blossom just it's like joins our conversation. Like we're just three people talking about the NBA and he doesn't play in it. Um, and it was fucking delightful. He also like pulled an extremely boss coaching move last year when Devin Booker was like scoring 70 points in like pure shit ass garbage time in like the tanking dredges of the season. And he just completely encouraged it. He was just like, we're going to get Devin up to like as high as many points as possible tonight. Like, yeah, I respect that. I respect that. Give the pe- give the people something to pay for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joey Devine wants to know Joey Devine from the Rambo Rock podcast. Joey's going to be on later this week. No spo- spoilers. Uh, if you could kiss one Denver Nugget, which would you kiss? And Joey says, "I'm a street ball Paul man." So you mean Paul Millsap? Yes, yes, yes. Um, well, as as a lifelong Nuggets fan um, who wants them to succeed, uh, I think that Paul Millsap needs that kiss the most. He just looked, he looked desiccated tonight, so I, I would try to get. Get him going with the kiss. <laughs> Eric, if you could kiss one Denver Nugget, who would you kiss? Oh, man. Um, I guess maybe Jamal Murray. That yeah, makes a lot of sense to me. Makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, uh, me, it would be Jokic, but I would put poison on my lips. <laughs> and, uh, and, I would, uh, and I would give him the poison ivy. And... Uh, and uh, and then there will be and then uh, Nurkic will be the best player forever because uh, can't play basketball if you're dead, baby. I want to make it very clear that I would not kill Jokic. Please, police do not come after me for my bizarre, unhinged Jokic threats. I was joking. Please, please. Yeah, you 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 got to clarify that now. I can't do yeah. it again. I know I said some things about Jerry West. I can't take back. But, <laughs> yeah, what if you caught Jerry West in an alley, dude? I would. You know what I would do? I'd give him a wedgie. I yeah, I give him a wedgie, and then I'd be like West Virginia strong. Like I'd make fun of him for being for West Virginia after giving him a wedgie. Yeah. Wow. Fuck Jerry there we West. Go. Uh, 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 you guys got a few more in you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good, good, we're, good. We're here. We're we're here. Uh, we've already mostly talked about this, but Dave Dufour, who apparently everybody who was at the party we were at is uh, is has decided to message me today. Uh, who do you guys see as the worst uh, first round matchup for the Blazers? I I think I think it's the Jazz. I I can't speak for Wilms. 
Although it seems um, like they will not be playing the Jazz, so... Eh. So then they, they can't play the Rockets, obviously. They can't play the Warriors. Um, I mean, I, dude, the Warriors are a big question mark to me right now anyway. I mean, just, I mean they, they could play... Sorry, they could play... Do you want me to just say who they could yes, play and then yes. you can make a choice? Yes, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. They could, okay, so they could play San Antonio, Oklahoma City, or the Pelicans, basically, at this point. So... That's the, those are the three teams in five, six, seven right now. They can't play the Jazz. The Jazz can't drop down. Pre- pretty sure they can't play the Jazz. I mean, if the Jazz, if they beat the Jazz and the Spurs win, then they could the Jazz. No, I, I don't think they would. I don't think Utah would fall because if the Spurs win, that would mean the Pelicans lose. And I don't. Yeah, the, yeah, the the Blazers and the Jazz would both be at forty eight, and they and the only way that they could both play each other at forty eight is if they were in four five, and they would not slip to four five if they both won forty eight. I don't think. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So we're basically looking at like a ninety percent chance that it's going to be Pelican Spurs or Thunder. Yes. Okay. Um, those are all good matchups. I think, like, just knowing that, I feel fairly confident that the Blazers will be in the second round of the playoffs. Um, but. I the Jazz are the worst of the possible people, but apparently that's yeah, unlikely. Yeah, no way. Fuck that. I think they're by far the worst. I think that the Jazz are honestly the worst matchup for almost any team in the league. Yeah, they're uh, they're, they're they're underseeded. Like, there's no way around this. Like, Gobert got injured, and so they lost more games than they should have. Yeah, and they've just like been. Yeah, they just really have it going on right as now. As far um, as people who are extraordinarily more likely. Uh, I don't want them to play the Spurs. I think that would be a nightmare. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. What do you what do you think about that, Eric? Like you know, because Eric, you talk about the Blazers like every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and you know, your mentions probably have more Blazers talk than ours, certainly. And like, how would you like? Could you handle that if that happened, or would people just lose their minds? It would be. I think people would lose their minds. I say, I mean. I mean. I think I I think the hatred for Lamarcus would be just so toxic. Yeah, like it would be it would be so because because I don't think there's any like love lost with I I, I mean I I just don't I don't think like Dame and Lamarcus really have beef. I feel like they both like tried to like put it past them. Yeah, they yeah they both had good careers without each other. Yeah, and yeah. so like I, I don't think like there's a beef there, but I think there's a huge beef with the fan base and Lamarcus, and I think like that whole thing would just be super intense. And uh, I mean, I wonder. I, I don't know if the the guys would like take that in, but I feel like the at least the energy would be insane. And I don't know if that would be like a good thing or not because I don't know if you like want to motivate. There- Spurs. People would write a lot of incredibly unfortunate things about Lamarcus Aldridge, like no matter oh, yes. what happened in the series. Oh yes, I also like. I don't want if I'm rooting for the Blazers, I really don't want to face playoff Manu. Like that guy's a fucking demon, like, dude. They ju- the, the the other night, man. Saturday, Manu was perfect, and like the Spurs executed the hell out of it, and just like. Uh, they execute really well in the playoffs every year, and I don't understand why this year would be different. So I guess, I guess if I had to play one, I would say Oklahoma City. Even I though I said early, earlier in the podcast, I I was kind of I had my doubts, but I guess Oklahoma City or the Pelicans. I haven't forgotten when 
now we have 40-year-old Manu. I haven't forgotten when 39-year-old Manu in one play sent James Harden back to ground zero. Like, that's just like what he does, man. Uh, no, and, and and Tony Parker in the playoffs, I would not be surprised if he just starts to, you know, turn yeah. back the clock. Like, it, it, like it, they're just it, – it's just all these guys who this is what they do every year. Yeah, it's like, the, you know, that that is the best NBA coach. Uh, I, I think probably of all time. I don't know if Wilms agrees with me necessarily, but – Popovich? Yeah. You don't think it's Fred Hoiberg? <laughs> no, I don't think it's Fred Hoiberg. Okay, that's fair. Uh, or, or Phil Jackson for that matter. Uh, but um, yeah, they'll just they'll just be really prepared. And I and like Lamarcus is just not. I just don't want to sit. I I can live without that one. I'm good. He's a, he's a really tough matchup for Portland too. Yeah, because like the Blazers don't It'll be really a have mostly probably can... right. Yeah, yeah, and and like I I mean he Aminu is pretty good at that, but like he's not going to stop Lamarcus either. Yeah, yeah. I, it would be super fun to watch. Uh, a th- like like twenty post Lamarcus post ups, like I didn't see enough of those kinds of games while he was here. I can- I would love to watch that. Oh my god! <laughs> I I might I might just I might just I might just stop watching basketball if they play the Spurs. Uh, uh, uh the next question. Oh shit! Yeah, uh, our man. Uh, our man. Our man Francis Adour Jr., baby, at Ben Thrifty on Twitter. Uh, the what, we end, got, what we got from Francis? We got big Francis. We love Francis here on Take It or Break It. What Shouts. the NBA star you think is most likely to have a shitty playoffs? Ooh, man. This is so, a good one. This is a good one. I mean, I'm always inclined to say Westbrook just because it's funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and he's inclined Boy. to those on occasion. Like when people There's... try to defend him, it really occasionally does not work for him. I have a hunch that I don't want to express because it's too it's too mean. I don't want it to happen, but I feel like it is possible. I'll just say that. Um, I, I know I, you know I, what I know exactly what you're going to say because I think I'm having the exact same thought as you. Is it a thought that you're willing to express? I don't feel good. I also don't feel good about it. Yeah, uh, De- DeRozan, right? Just either, either or, man. Yeah. Or, 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 or Lowry, both, both of them. Yes. <laughs> right. They always, they I, mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah. Like, I, I hate to just like be that guy pointing out the very obvious thing, but we're all. That was I mean, exactly all... who you were thinking, right, John? Like, yes. Yeah. They've, they've they've lost game one of a series nine times in a row. They like always have a fucking crisis in the playoffs. Um. So, I mean, that's just the obvious answer. Yeah, um, I don't feel good about it. No, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if Victor Oladipo was just straight up exposed. Um, maybe he's better than I think he is. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Wizards just fucking imploded. Yeah, yeah. Just, the just do, do, like the Wizards might need to be over. <laughs> like, I don't, that's not going well, man. Like those um, dudes uh, clearly hate. Man, what is it about the Wizards that like? They always implode. I don't know. Like, when it ends, it, it, it always it, ends in the worst possible way. Well, and the worst thing that they do is that they talk shit before they yeah. eventually fail every single time. Like, all they do is talk – like, last year they talked shit to the Celtics and they lost to the Celtics. And, and like, they – and then they – and then after they lost to the Celtics – 
they were talking shit to the Cavs, saying that the Cavs didn't want to see them in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, they just I, – I, this is just – I, 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 I don't I don't feel bad for them. Like they they, oh. they brought this on themselves. I, I feel like they've worn like all black to the stadium on a closeout game and lost that game. Like I feel like that's just an annual occurrence for some reason. Um, they did that in a regular season game. They did it in a regular season game. That is how ridiculous they are. So thirsty. <laughs> Here's a, it actually is cool how sad they are. If you really think about it, God. Uh, okay, I, I have another person that I'd like to throw in here. Please go and ahead. And I, I feel like Harden might not have a good playoff. It's it's always on the it, table. It, it's just like I like I feel I feel bad saying this because it like totally is just like you know, but. I mean, that's what I got. That's hit, what I got Chris Paul for. Hit, hit, but <laughs> see, you just named another guy. Who no, could totally, Don't totally, even do that shit. To- dude. He could totally have a meltdown. Are you kidding me? Or get hurt? Like that's the thing about Getting Chris hurt, Paul. Like, yes. Okay, because he's Chris he's got playoff record is good. Right, but Chris well, Paul I, has got. You know, I don't. Sorry, got, John. I don't mean to, I don't mean to interfere too playoff. much. But um, are you familiar with the fact that Chris Paul has never been out of the second round of the playoffs? I, I am. Are you familiar with like? Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith, guys like that. Yeah, successes. You yeah. mean? You're you're operating on a similar level of logic as them right now. Oh, wow! There's, All uh, right, you, this this Chris guy, Paul, this guy, anyone slanderous, quick, dude. If, if you're like actually watching, Chris Paul's actually always been quite good in the playoffs. No, he he he's he's he's. I think he's good, and he has a better track record of being good in the playoffs than Harden does. Harden, but but that's it. Not what happened. Yeah, like I mean, oh my god, that series against the Blazers a couple of years ago, he shot like twenty eight percent or something like awful. Yeah, um, ooh, that was a good series. And, and then, and then last year, Kawhi Leonard doesn't play in the game six at home, and they got absolutely blown out. Like it was weird. It was weird. He was a broken man. Um, yeah, I think it yeah. was just like that was just exhaustion though, because it wasn't like he had an entirely bad playoff. That's I mean, pe- and that's a D'Antoni thing. Like those guys play a lot. Well, that's like again, that's why they got Chris Paul. Like he hasn't played a ton this season, um, and I don't know. I think that I'm not that worried about it, but it is always on the table with James Harden. Could any Warrior end up having a really bad playoffs? Is it possible? I was going to say the Warriors in general. I'm like having. I have like, I have like no confidence in them right now. How do you feel about that, Eric? About no confidence in who? The Warriors. Sorry, the Warriors. Oh yeah, I think there's blood in the water. I, yeah, I, don't... I feel like there's potentially something weird going on there that we won't hear about for a long time. I, I just there's... there's no way Durant and Curry like each other. None, zero. It's impossible. It's hard. It's hard to maintain what they have going on in terms of ego and, you know, conflicting can just like conflicting like goals, just on a very capitalist level. Like Durant's brand is like really hurting Curry's brand. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to believe that that could stay terrific forever. Um, and they're just tired and they're hurt. And like, I don't know. Did I don't you guys have... see that? Did you guys see that quote that KD had the other day with, uh, 
Chris Haynes, where he said that the title, he thought the title would fill a, the void in his life, but it didn't. Hell yeah. That's like that's Kevin Durant shit that's ever been said. That's like some dark shit. And it's like, it's, it's, like, al- it's also, it's also it's, extremely it, Drake. It should be noted. Right. Exactly. Extremely Drake. <laughs> yes, it is. It is very Drake. Yes. Um, but, but I mean, he, he like, he, he just doesn't seem very happy at all. No. And, and, and it's like, that was so a, trademark of the Warriors when they won the championship the first time and they won 73 games like was how much fun they were always having and it just doesn't seem like Durant is really ever in a good mood and I also think the Steph injury is big like that's huge and so much worse without him yeah it's it's just not the same yeah yeah, because you know he is—he is literally—he is like the peak modernist basketball player. Like he is the definitive player of the generation of his generation, more or less. Like, yeah, not having yeah. him is probably not good. Uh, I mean, yeah. that they would be—they just like have really joyous and complicated, but also sort of like improvisatory style, you know, when they're themselves. But they're just gonna like first round without Steph. They're just gonna do like a bunch of like Kevin Durant pick and rolls, which is obviously very effective. But it's just like it's not the Warriors. And you haven't. I'm tr- honestly trying to remember the last time I saw them being, you know, that team. Um, I'm just trying to think of a time I saw it this season, even. I, and like, yeah, no. I, sorry, continue. That that like title grind shit. That like that's that's like the thing that Jordan did that nobody. Well, and Bill Russell, I suppose. That's like the thing that Jordan did that nobody else could do. Is like is that Jordan was just such a like maniac that he could turn it on to like year after year after year after year. And even then, that dude retired twice before he was done with basketball. Like. I think I think that just makes us realize how insane LeBron is because the fact that he is I mean I I think he has a great chance to go to the finals for the 8th year in a row like he's the only person that could do that because I think against I think the Warriors are showing like literally anybody else that is not LeBron like that grind is real I I totally am with you like like I I think just the years have caught up with them and then another thing that those guys had is those guys played uh, three of them, Durant, Clay, and Draymond played on Team USA in the Olympics. So that's yeah. another, that's like another like three months of basketball, like hardcore basketball. Yeah. High competition that like you're putting on, you know, that, that's, yeah, cause that's, that's not lot. like easy anymore, too. Like you play actual difficult games in those now. Yeah, you got to go up against fucking Jokic, baby. <laughs> God damn it, Wilt. Uh, and, um, Oh, what was I going to mean? Oh, yeah, Kevin Durant, it's, I mean, it does seem like he just sort of sits around and listens to Bill Simmons' podcasts and rides bikes for too long, which happens to actually have been the manifestation of one or two of my depressive episodes, so. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's good to know that there's an NBA player I can really relate to. Yeah, Durant, he's, he's a fixator, man. He just, like, he fixates. It's very clear that, like, if something bothers him, he has an extremely difficult time letting go of it. 
We've been, I would like to, I would I would like to get two more questions in. I uh, we we've gone a we've gone a while though. So if you guys say no, I'll stop. I'm good to go. I'm fine. Gunderson. Yeah. yeah. Not I keeping you from work or anything. Okay. No. All right. Uh, Keen Sean Keen from Roundball Rock wants to know what current NBA player plays the best while hungover. Mm. I think the odd the gut, like the impulsive reaction is J.R. Smith. I don't think he plays good when he's hungover, though. No, he just plays the most hungover. Yeah, game. he's just the hungover the most. Uh, you know who I? You know who I'm? I, I'm gonna throw this out here. Old Jim Harden. Oh yeah, man, he's got. He has to be the king of the hungover game. <laughs> Jim, look, Jim loves a good time. And I don't think any of the three of us are here to judge him for it. No, oh, certainly not. But uh, but that uh, but that uh, loopy doopy slow uh, that loopy doopy slow foul me buddy style. I mean, that's got a yeah. real that's got a real hungover energy sometimes. It's it's got like a twenty four hour, seven days a week kind of quality to it. Yeah, you know? yeah. He could just like roll out of bed and and just you know pull some tricks out of his bag. He's uh, he's Jackie Chan. Like he's the drunken master. Like that that <laughs> is what Harden is. It's absolutely true. Uh. Or some other hungover players who are good at being hungover. I, th- I think LeBron has been a latent hungover player because he drinks so much wine now. He's he's like too way too much of a fucking Adonis though. He doesn't get fucked up. Like, yeah, he's like a, he's like you remember in the second Captain America movie when uh, Thor has a uh, super liquor and uh, and then uh, and he shares it with Captain America because it's the only thing Captain America can drink to get a buzz. Like that's what LeBron does. I'm sure that there's somebody listening to this who understands a series of references who has seen uh, Age of Ultron as many times as I have. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that movie, but um, okay. I believe, I right. be- I believe you. Okay. Somebody likes that reference. LeBron is somebody. like Captain America and and he, he can't get drunk. <sighs> fair, fair. Thank you. Thank you. Trying, who, who, who else is hungover, though? Draymond, got... maybe. <laughs> yeah, Draymond. Draymond, maybe, yeah. Actually, you know what? Clay, Clay Thompson, probably a great hungover. You get hangovers. You get hangovers from weed. I don't. Uh, I don't recall. I oh, dude, but you've never. Weed, yeah. You really? I, man, that's I don't my. Know. That's my hunch. It's not based off of intel. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, obviously, the optics suggest that he does. Um, Wilms are Wilms are you are you do you feel burn noticed enough that you can you can do you have intel on anybody who smokes weed that you're willing to share here today? Um, I'm not gonna talk about that on the podcast. Okay, fair enough. Never mind. You have respect for you have respect. Yeah, respect. I just don't. I just like yeah. You're not an arc. I, you're not I don't an have. Arc. A, I don't have a lot. No. Okay. But I mean, it's very. I mean, oh, you ever hear Michael Beasley? All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Wilms is not a narc. I apologize for trying to get Wilms to narc. Uh, yeah, shame on you. I, yeah, I apologize. I I didn't mean to be a snitch online, everybody. Uh, Demarcus is probably. Oh, uh, Demarcus might not be a good hungover player. <laughs> yeah, Demarcus uh, is. There's no way Demarcus is a good hungover player. He just gets too cranky, probably. Uh, you know what? I bet Jimmy Butler. Is a good hungover player. Oh, There's no absolutely. way that dude drinks, though. I the, the, oh, get, really, get, yes, get, he does. get out yes, of here. He does. He yes, does? He does. I this is not the image I had of him in my mind he, at all, dude. He, he he like he was like cited in that uh, that wine article 
that Baxter Holmes wrote. All right. Uh, okay. That he that he travels he travels everywhere with a suit with a wine suitcase. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's he's a party boy. He and he listens and, and he loves and he loves country music. Like I I don't know someone who doesn't love country music that also doesn't like drinking. That's true. That's true. You have to do it because it's so terrible. Hey yo. <laughs> hey ho. Hey, hey yo. Got him. Uh, nobody on the Celtics drinks or has ever had sex. That's not true. Uh, I bet true. I bet Al Horford's yeah, had Al Horford's, like, a lot of sex. Yeah, Al Horford's had sex. God bless him. Say what you will about Al Horford. The man makes love. Oh, he certainly does. Uh, I think that we are out of interesting questions. Okay. It's also pretty late. It is also pretty late. Uh, 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 Especially for John. For Poor John. Yeah, it's late, man. Poor John. John has to go educate tomorrow. Uh, do you guys have anything to promote before we hang up? Lockdown Blazers. Uh, lots of content yeah. uh, for the NBA playoffs. If you're listening to this on Lockdown Blazers, you can listen to Take It or Break It, which is my podcast, which John is also on a lot of the times. Yes. Uh, we're going to be doing some fun stuff. Going to try and do some uh, some series prop bets, maybe. Oh, wonderful. Uh, t- wonderful. Talk about those. Uh, but uh, and then also, of course, LeBron Wire uh, content, uh, playoffs, all that good stuff. Going to be doing like film breakdowns and all that stuff because it's the playoffs. So um, yeah, come over and check it out. I wrote a thing about Jeff Green that I felt pretty good about. Uh, because I put a lot of time into it. But, um, yeah, that's about it. Wilmsy, Wilmsy, you got anything at Real GM soon? Or... Uh, no, I do want to promote my English 401 course um, <laughs> at uh, City College here in Chicago, 11 a.m. Mondays and Wednesdays. Right <laughs> now, just down the street from the Trump Tower. So, um, what, do you, what, do you guys work, what are you guys working on right now? Personal essays. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Yeah. yeah. Good, good shit. Uh, you can uh, read me at Vice Sports Dunk of the Week every week. Uh, I'm other places occasionally for other reasons. Follow me on Twitter at Corvina Smith. Follow Eric at Eric underscore Gunderson. Eric with a K. Correct, Eric? Yeah, and Gunderson with an E. Oh. N. And uh, John Wilms is, of course, at John Wilms Words over on Twitter. Uh, thank you, John, for uh, joining me as usual. And thank you, Eric, for... Uh, joining me yeah there we go that works no thank you for thank you for having me on thank you for uh making this a locked on tob mashup yeah yeah uh, yeah the 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 crossover of everybody's dreams good good times guys good times uh there will be a there will be a big nba playoff preview uh uh on friday uh with uh with a bunch of other podcasters so uh listen to that and thank you for listening and uh everyone have a wonderful day Thank you.